Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Nick and George here with... Exorcist 3, and a reason why we're talking about Exorcist 3, which is a new series we're launching. There's actually, you don't need a reason to talk about Exorcist 3. <laughs> That's very true. You absolutely don't need I a mean, reason. I mean, you could just... You can just bring it up whenever the hell you want. Legally. No, I mean, we. I think this is. I think we're double doing episodes. I think we've already talked about Exodus three, but it's been a long time, and there's a reason to revisit it. And you just don't need a reason, like you said, because it's an amazing movie. Yeah, it's it's actually really weird that we're talking about this because I did some traveling recently, and I randomly on one of the flights I randomly bought Wi-Fi. You know, I never get the Wi-Fi. I just put right. it on a movie. But this one, I was like, ah, you know, I don't buy the Wi-Fi. You know, watch some TikToks. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, do some other stuff. And then I was like, well, let me just uh, read about some Exorcist 3. Weird, before we even decided to talk about it for the podcast. It was weird. And then on the flight back, uh, the guy next to me uh, was watching. Well, got decapitated. <laughs> he got decapitated. <laughs> and he squirted blood everywhere. <laughs> and some guy in the front said, I didn't know where the bloody hair. Uh, he was watching Patton. Oh, no, my the God. Back. Yeah, so they're my... This is the creepiest thing that's happened to Halloween, and Halloween's over. Yeah, yeah, and what's also funny is during these flights, I also watched the original Exorcist. What the hell is happening? I don't... That, I don't know. All right, well, I'm glad we I'm glad we were forced by forces beyond our control to talk about this We just got creepy. <laughs> the, the subject. But the reason we're talking about this movie is because we did a series that we didn't finish, which was built believe it or not, into the idea of the series. Which is fun. I got to talk about that because right. I have, I was having some emotional problems with that too. Right. I know, I know you were. So the series is called How Low Can We Go? And the idea is that we take basically Rotten Tomatoes and then other aggregator sites like Metacritic or whatever because Rotten Tomatoes sucks with what most aggregators do. But the idea is to watch one horror movie at each percentage point rating on the scale all the way down from 59%, which is technically unfresh on Rotten Tomatoes, down to 0%. And at 0%, the horror movies on offer <laughs> are pretty insane, right? And it gets pretty bleak even as you head past the 40s and 30s. Um, Exorcist 3, needless to say, is at 59%, so this would be the beginning of the venture. But that's the series we did. We got too depressed to finish it from all the awful well, stuff we had. That was the thing. Okay, we got to talk about that. Let's talk about it. I, I had saw this thing. I think James Gunn said, you know, you always finish a project. And mm -hmm. I got some kind of hair up my ass mm -hmm. that because we never finished How Low Can We Go, that... Yeah, we. I don't know. I didn't. I failed. It's tainted, my, or we can't. Right. Yeah. Like I. Like I didn't complete it. Right. And I forgot the whole reason. <laughs> right. <laughs> the whole, the whole the title is how low. Right. We right, found right, out. Right. Right. <laughs> right. That's right. Exactly. The part of the suspense of it, of it is, it's a little bit mystery science theater down there at the bottom. Right. Like it's, it's the, hairy. It's the it's the mad science experiment of. Because we love horror, so we don't like watching bad horror unless it's fun bad horror. But you're not guaranteed to pick that in advance, right? Like, there's a lot of times where we're picking these blind or we're getting suggestions from people, which is where you come in if you're listening to this, of which ones to watch at which bracket. So, like, if for for on our the social media, we'll we'll put out like here's the, we've got it down to this you know these six movies out of fifty eight percent. Which one should we watch? And sometimes we put it up to a vote and and let you decide. So sometimes we're watching something against our will. So it it really there's suspense to whether 
you're going to make it through this experience without losing your minds. And I think I'm excited to try this again because I think we will make it this time. I'm determined. Well, and if we don't, that's okay because that's the title. <laughs> it's not It's not make it to the bottom. It's <laughs> right. how low can we possibly <laughs> okay. go and, until we decide, let's watch something good. <laughs> and last time it was, we, we crapped out at like 21%. So let's see how Yeah, I was trying we... to look at what the last... It was somewhere, I think. I don't even think we got into the, the teaser. I... Th- I th- I, I think it got because it got pretty weird when you get down to those movies. We picked a couple of bad ones and it was it was aggravating. Yeah, it gets to the point where you're like, do I really like? Right. Well, we're gonna do it this time. So, but the thing we, is, yeah. we, we know what we're doing now better. You have a you have a metaphor for this, the video game metaphor. Explain this. Well, it's sort of like when you when you beat a video game, like, even though we didn't really beat the video game. <laughs> well, you know what? We we accomplished the video game within the rules that were set for right. the game. Fair enough. And you know, I'm thinking of like. When you beat like a game like Metal Gear Solid, you can then start the game with, depending on one of the actions you take mid game, you either get unlimited ammo or you get like an invisibility suit, and then you get to right. run through the game again. But you have this—it's a completely different experience because you right. have this advantage, right? I Which feel, we have now. We're invisible now. Yeah. I can't even see you. It's we're it's fine. Well, unfortunately, the Invisible Man is not going to be on here. <laughs> no, it's not. Not that any of the None of them are. Maybe Invisible Man Returns or something. I'll, something I'll like, look. Something like that. Or that Monster Party House, wherever we saw it. But <laughs> Beverly, whatever that, that had him in there. But the good news is we know what we're doing better now. We're, we're not going to redo, unless it's, we're actually compelling reason to, anything that we had done before. But... We're gonna seek a new path, but we're gonna we're gonna we know what we're doing in the choosing a little bit better, and I think we're a little better equipped to find the good things in the bad things because it's been a while, right? It has, it has been a while, and I'm excited to do it again. And to kick it off, you can't get better than Exorcist Three because part of the point of How Low Can We Go was some of these movies absolutely do not belong where they are right. for one reason or another. Sometimes they're too high, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes they're way too low. And Exorcist 3 is a 96% Rotten Tomatoes feeling movie to me. Oh, like, absolutely. Right? It should be up at the very, in the top tier of movies. And the fact that we're even talking about this movie at 59% is it's not a wonderful life. <laughs> No, no, it's no, it's not. In fact, I feel like my head's been chopped off, and they're making me <laughs> holding it up and making me watch my body twitch around as a little gift. What's new about this movie to you? What have you realized that now that you've rethought about it, or okay. watched it? What do you? What I you... can sort of. So this all happened by well, it's, it's also because we were traveling. So like, I wanted to watch movies while I did some travel. So like, I watched Psycho. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched some. Uh, I started finishing Ash versus Evil Dead season three, which right. is. <laughs> Very which good. is incredible um and one of the movies that i wanted to watch was the exorcist mm-hmm. so I, I i watched it mm-hmm. and I, I, I it's crazy we're on you know we're doing the podcast for all but i i gotta, gotta be honest with you right i'd never seen the exorcist right no i know you told me that <laughs> yeah and so i had a halloween list that i i, I think i talked to uh some people who follow us like uh some of the movies I had on there, like Hell yep. House, LLC, yep. uh, a handful of others that I really wanted to get to. And Exorcist was one of them. Yep. And I really liked Exorcist 3. Like, I love that movie. Yes. And so I was like, well, let's see the original. Let's see what... Let's see, you like- are the weirdest Exorcist fan ever. The fact that Ex- the Exorcist is in the shadow of Exorcist 3 yes. makes you the weirdest. Oh, and <laughs> spoiler alert, still is. <laughs> That's amazing. Because I watched it, and believe me, it's a great movie. Like, there's, it's undeniable. Like, 
It, it just, I cannot believe we're starting here. This is amazing. Yeah. So it's it's undeniably. This a good is my movie. favorite thing ever. The Exorcist doesn't live up to Exorcist three. It doesn't. And sorry for me. <laughs> I know people are going to think that's batshit crazy. That's but, hilarious. But I think fundamentally, like as. I, so well, here's the thing. I saw Exorcist three with you, or at the same time you did. We watched it either together or the same day because we were preparing for the podcast. And um, I remember talking to you immediately afterwards, and I remember knowing it was a special experience for you. Like it was one of those times where you watch a movie and it just it just hits you, and it even grew on you more than that. I know that you really enjoyed Exorcist Three. Like it was a special, you know, thing. So that's hard to compete with. Yeah. Right. I. I. But the Exorcist is amazing so that's also a thing but i mean it is like you know I... <laughs> no, you don't have to you don't have to think so i'm just i'm just telling you that i think i think you have this the weirdest bias ever because you had such a good time with exodus 3 right like there are certain movies i've watched in my life where it's not just the movie but it's how i saw the movie like that happened with me with um elm street 3 i saw elm street 3 in, on a particular night in a particular mood and it just hit really right right so like i i always thought to myself i I, maybe i overrate this movie and then more and more people were talking about how great it was whatever but you know what's funny though i actually now that i'm sitting here reflecting on it i don't actually think i'm that crazy because there is one other person that agrees with me oh tell me who Uh, william peter black (laughs) (laughs) this is a good point the author of this let's talk about this this is a good point so for those of you because he's such an interesting piece of the whole story why these movies are great it is it is weird so so i've never read the exorcist i I just obviously just watched the first one um for those who don't know the author of the original exorcist the book directed the exorcist Mm three he originally wasn't he was trying to give it off to it was another big name like john carpenter or something like that right it was a big name that he was trying to give it to and there were some differences and it didn't didn't pan out so he decided the exorcist three is this man's directorial (laughs) debut which is so crazy it's right it's so crazy to me and i was doing some reading and he himself even thinks that this movie is uh I don't know if I don't remember if it was a better movie. So or he scary thinks the movie. one he did is better. Yeah. That's, that's sus. Okay. It is. It is. It is <laughs> sus. It's very. It's very sus. And there's there are things that The Exorcist did, like the the progression of Regan is right. Very good, and the makeup is is amazing. Right. Well, we're not here to talk about The Exorcist. No. I, I. But I. The thing is, I think it's hilarious that we are here to talk about Exorcist three, and that it's really. It's a really special movie in the way that like Dagon is special to me, right? I know that I think Dagon is better than it probably actually is, yeah. right? Because I think Dagon is the Citizen Kane of sea aquatic monster. <laughs> but the, so my biggest just to mm-hmm. get the comparison out of the way is I, I know the Exorcist is uh, some of like the, the main subtext of it is a sure. man dealing with his faith, mm-hmm. but the Exorcist three just does it so much better. That part, that part of it, I think it does. Yeah, I think you're right. I. Th- See, the thing is, The Exorcist 3 was directed by a writer. Yeah. So there's going to be a richness to what a writer does that I don't think a director could ever get if the writer knows how to use a camera and make things happen that way, because they usually don't. Usually writers Mm -hmm. are... I mean, look at Stephen King made Maximum Overdrive, right? (laughs) Yeah. Which is fun, but it's not The Exorcist 3, right? Right. So one of the things about this that I didn't realize the last time we had watched her talk about it or whatever that just blew my mind was that I was sold on every single character in this movie within five seconds of meeting every single character in this movie, Mm -hmm. right? Like, some movies, 
some of the characters either fall flat or the way you're introduced to them, like, or it takes time to grow on you. Like, you know, that, that, that happened with me with, um, like, um, Skyfall, for example, the James Bond movie where Javier Bardem was, I was like, this is weird, like whatever, but literally three scenes into the movie, I was like, oh, this is a great performance of a villain. Whatever, right. So like, this is, this is one of those movies where, Every single character, the second you meet them, even if they're the most minuscule character, like all the crazy old people who are going to do killer things when they're possessed, but are super sweet when you meet them, Mm -hmm. or the detective's friend, or even the people who work at the asylum or the institute or wherever they're keeping these people, right? Because the even you meet, there's one guy in this movie who's in charge of, I think, the hospital. And the first time you meet him, he's literally practicing a speech to himself, to nothing, like in a mirror. <laughs> like he's like like preparing to give the acceptance of an Academy Award or something, but he's just some guy rando who runs a hospital. Like there are things that happen with these characters that shouldn't work, that just work so well in this movie. It's got to be because the writer understood like he only went with what interested him. So this movie is right. only filled with interesting things. And since we, we did the episode, mm-hmm. um, they, it was one of the films that they chose for the last drive in with Joe Bob. Oh, that's right. And I forgot so we got to like about that, it, which was really great. Cause he does all the oh, amazing. Amazing. Great, he did great work with it. Great insight. And, um, but even watching it a second time, so like I remember, you know, one of the tests we always talk about, like what makes a great movie is like mm-hmm. you remember, mm-hmm. like where you were and like what you ate and the smell. Right. I remember this shitty pizza I was making. <laughs> it was like this some, it was like some cheese crust kind of That's bullshit amazing. with a lot of meat and stuff like that. It was, <laughs> but I remember it. I forgot to. I remember I got. I forgot to like spray the pan. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to like get the aluminum out of the pizza, and I was like, "This feels kind of dangerous." <laughs> <laughs> but I remember. Uh, I also think I had the house to myself, mm-hmm. and it was sort of like, "Oh, I'm just gonna watch the last drive-in, have a good, you know, right. Friday night." Right. And the further we got into the movie. And like the later it got in the night, because you know, mm-hmm. with the intermissions that Joe Bob does and talk, it really stretches. It does. I, I kind of it does what Dracula did when I caught it on Bravo. Like it made it kind of like an right. epic. And throughout the night, I just felt myself getting more and more and more unsettled. <laughs> totally. And it dawned on me that like, because the first watch, I don't think I really absorbed like how insanely creepy right everything is that's underneath happening in this movie i just was i was just absorbing the performance of brad duriff and george c scott and you know the writing and everything but that second watch like the atmosphere of this movie which they shot on site uh or uh in one of those college towns like in maryland or some Mm -hmm. shit like that like they like went to like a really cool place to shoot the movie right totally and and it but it really pulled through on the last drive-in and i i understood the movie on a completely different level than even with the first one so not only did i enjoy the movie so much Mm -hmm. the first watch the second watch it gave me another idea of what this movie was about and how it can be effective see that because that's amazing to me that's 
so you have it you're having an experience with a movie you're not just watching a movie now you're having an experience with it because it's changing on you when you see it the next time which yeah. is a surprise it's a thing you don't expect right and that's part of the magic of a really well-made movie right that's that one of the things that i i love about this is that they're the characters imagine meeting characters after horror movies have happened Right. So mm -hmm. like meeting the guy who lives next door to Johnny Depp's character in Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, what's his day like the next day? Did you hear? Oh, my God, this happened. Right. And everyone, the rumors and like whatever. It, it, you know, when you the characters you meet in Exorcist 3 feel like they've already been beaten, but they mm -hmm. but they still have fight in them. But they've already they already know they're on the losing side because. The, the the force of evil in the exorcist universe is so heavy yeah. that they are, the dread is already there from the jump of the movie, right? The characters are they're like pre-traumatized, mm -hmm. right? And they change. It fits. Like what the Exorcist 3 is doing with, with how hard it is to fight evil with George C. Scott's character and, and Karis again to some extent, right? And what they were doing with the, you know, the exorcist in The Exorcist, where it's not easy to do this, right? You feel the weight of everything the George C. Scott and the other characters have to do. It's, 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 it's heavy, but it's fun. You don't get that combination in movies very often where they feel heavy, but they're still a blast, right? Like, I could post pictures from a dozen scenes in The Exorcist 3, which... No one gave crap about when it came out, right? Like whatever it was like uh, unappreciated for sure. And if you see the woman on the roof or the ceiling, mm -hmm. like whatever the scene, or you see the famous jump scare scene or whatever, mm -hmm. you, you it you feel like glee as a horror fan. You don't just look at that and go whatever. You get like a shiver and you're like, that's good, <laughs> right? Everything is is well earned. Even the the famous jump scare. Yeah, like, nothing about that jump scare is is cheap. Nope. Like it really, really worked the audience over to be like, believe me, like it's gonna be worth it. It's gonna be worth it. And by the time, like you know, they're about to say it again, it happens, and it's, yeah. it's gonna shout you. Um, one of the things I read was uh, like that George C. Scott like really loved the script. Oh, that's cool. So like he he read it and immediately like he saw something in it. Because that's... I mean, obviously it's William Peter Fly, so it's not <laughs> it's not like some schmuck, you know? Right. right. You know, you guys, this guy's definitely got the chops. Uh, but, like, the other thing that I really like about it is when I'm watching something like uh, a paranormal activity or something mm -hmm. that deals with, like, an otherworldly thing right. taking over or, you know, fucking with you is, like, I always I always think of, like, you know, video games like Diablo. Like, okay, well, like, where are the, you know, the heroes mm -hmm. who can just pick up the swords or use spells and, and fight this thing? Like, it always, it always kind of bothered me that, like, movies didn't do that. It's usually, like, hey, if there's a demon, like like you're fucked right like, <laughs> you know like hopefully the exorcism works out which the exorcist 3 wasn't even supposed to have an exorcism that's so weird in it and apparently they shot it and they uh william peter Bly thinks it's a better movie and without it, the exorcism without the exorcism right. so like because it was legion what it was called originally right yeah and so i would love to see that like I, oh for sure but um no, just one of the things that I really appreciated about it is uh, my my response is like I always want to see like some very, you know, rough and tumble like way to deal with with evil, mm -hmm. you know. And, and George C. Scott has a gun on him the whole time, you know. <laughs> right. But the way that he ends up having to like deal with this shit is he has to be 
completely honest with himself. Right. And it's not this Western cowboy we're going to have a shootout thing. He has to right. have such a deep personal moment <laughs> kind of like to the devil or to the guy to the Gemini yep. killer's master. Yep. And that is how he has to overcome it. And it's right. not it's not this big hulking, you know, veins coming out of your biceps <laughs> kind of fight. It's this right. like very deep cathartic uh, realization in real time way that he has to deal with getting rid of this this evil and, and getting it out of Father Karras. Right, and and what's amazing about what you just said is it's exactly right, but it's also what lots of directors want to do or think they're doing. Right. And when they try to do it, they either do it over cerebral and it just ends up boring and talky, right? Mm -hmm. Or they realize they can't do it and they just do action endings. Yeah. But William Peter Blatty managed to do everything you just described, but it's still thrilling. Yes. <laughs> right. Because that's the that's the the hardest thing to do is to do all the cool shit you just said, but also make it exciting like a ride would be. Right. Yeah. And, and it manages to do both somehow. Well, I <laughs> I don't care who you are. If you have Brad Dourif and George C. Scott. <laughs> right. Well, like good point. something good is inevitably going to come out. I, I, I want to talk about Brad Dourif in a second. I just got to tell you, like, one thing, new thing to me that I hadn't had when we watched Exodus 3 back in 2016 or whatever we, we did the last episode is um, – I hadn't watched a reaction video of two Exorcist three, right? So I've seen a lot of reaction videos. They fascinate me for some reason to horror movies. And um, in in all of the ones I've ever watched, this is the only time I've ever seen this happen. This guy was just watching the Exorcist three and reacting to it. And then the famous jump scare scene, which, you know, he had interesting reactions to a bunch of things that weren't just and the jump scare, which is where you, you really want to see what people do. Yeah. But the jump scare scene happens and the guy, it was like an involuntary reflex. His hands fluttered like there were birds. Right. And he was like, he was like trying to cover his eyes, but he couldn't quite do it. And then he looked behind him. And what's oh creepy God. is his, in his, in his setup, there's like a window that's clearly behind him, like like you right now, right? It would be thanks, and, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, and it's dark, but like he literally looked behind. I've never seen a horror movie make a person look behind themselves on TV, wow. right? Before, so there, this movie still packs that that true punch that that you would want from this genre, right? So there, there's that, but the Brad Dourif thing is just insane. I mean, it's just insane how good he is, and it's insane that he he manages to do like his range to me he was incredible on deadwood and on deadwood he was completely convincing as the only person in the entire cesspit of that universe that genuinely wanted to take care of people to like keep them together and in this movie, he plays the most terrifying person who wants to tear people apart and thinks people are absolutely worth no thing at all, right? Like, it's... It, the 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 difference between the two things is incredible. He's an incredible actor. They also do a really good job at slowly building him up. They, because yeah. they don't just throw all the chips, you know. <laughs> no. Like, on the, on the first go. Like, it's a slow buildup. Yep. And I even think... I think it was Joe Bobber watching, like, a... YouTube, mm -hmm. you know, I watch a lot of the YouTube people where they do like the behind the scenes, but I think they start to like tweak his voice too. Oh, yeah, yeah like, I remember like something. The further that. it goes on, or some shit like that. So like, just just the subtle from a, like a first time director, 
like just understanding mm-hmm. those he you know he was just there to serve his story right and i mean this is what you get <laughs> like <laughs> sign me up dude just get excellence right yeah. exactly well i'm so this is as good as it's gonna get on how low can we go right let's just acknowledge probably Although yeah. I remember getting surprised by a few. I remember the first one for some reason, I don't know about you, but for me, I don't know why. The first one that always comes to mind when I try to think of a surprise one that I hadn't seen at all, had low expectations of from the concept or whatever, because I didn't know anything else about this movie going in and really enjoyed was Bad Moon. It always come Bad Moon always comes up to my mind as that like was... the most pleasant surprise, you know, movie. So but Bad Moon is not as good as Exodus Three. Um. Yeah, Jennifer's body would was be on our list. I think we did that for forty five. That was um. That was a pretty damn good one. <laughs> yeah, that shouldn't be forty five percent at all. No, but I would still probably put Exorcist three above Jennifer's body. That's yeah. I mean, that's valid. I mean, yeah. I I, I have to think about it because they're such different movies. But that, yeah, I mean, it's not Apple. But, Apple's but regard regardless, you're right. Like it's going to be very hard for it to get this good again. So we might as well enjoy this moment <laughs> because we're going to 58% next and 57% after that. And, you know, we'll see where we get. Luckily, I remember during the top half of this, before we get to the t- region of the 20s, uh, or low twenties or whatever is that horror movies are grossly underestimated by critics. So a lot of times we can just find gems pretty easily because they're way under where they should be. Like yeah. Gremlins three is probably in here somewhere, and, or and it should. Or sorry, Gremlins two is probably in here somewhere and it shouldn't be right. So like the new batch should definitely be higher than what it probably is on Rotten <laughs> So it'll be a treat for us to find it like fifty four just laying there like a prize. So I think we're okay for every now and then there's a diamond in the rough. The but. time being. But in the meantime, we would love uh, for you to let us know. Come to the Facebook page, Facebook group, do whatever you however you want to hit us up on social media. Let, let us know which movies we should be doing at which uh, way sta- percentage point way station as we go on the journey uh, downward and downward. Uh, it's going to be curious how we navigate this time. Right. Well, yeah, because we're also going to try to use not – Rotten Tomatoes exclusive things. Yeah, we're so gonna like, try to like mix in some other shit, so you know, get a little variety. I don't go to Metacritic, even though it's aesthetically way better looking than Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been the Metacritic. I don't know why, but it, to me, I'm like, you're a liar. <laughs> I don't trust Meta. Yeah, it's like it's like when we went to uh, when we went to London and they all used like TripAdvisor. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't really. You don't really you use don't, TripAdvisor. You tell me you use Yelp. You know, and it was like, no. That's, that's our jam. <laughs> Seriously. Right. Oh, and we also we wanted to shout out uh, Sarah Claxton. It's this amazing person who had reached out to our uh, Facebook page, and she has she has this incredible business she's inc- she's created called Envied Clothing and Decor. Um, she's a wreather. <laughs> the timing of this couldn't be better for me. I was a little bummed that Halloween was ending. And I was thinking about the holidays to come and I'm watching all the, you know, what Mariah's Carey's song is dreadful memes that were floating around the internet. Thinking about how we're already talking about this. No one's even talking about Thanksgiving because Christmas like eats up every, you know, yeah. whatever. And um, it all makes me think of wreaths, but that's usually boring. <laughs> but it's not boring with, with Sarah because she makes these incredible horror themed wreaths. 
um, that just kind of blew my mind. She had one for Candyman that was whatever, but she, I think, is the first reader who's ever worked with the Universal, which is an incredible, like, what a great partnership to have, and what a great you're to be the first of anything is is really really cool. So go check her uh, page and creations out. Her what's creates. it called when you are? Is there a name for when you're in the middle of wreathing? Yeah, do wreathers wreathe? Yeah, I think that must be it, right? It's got to be the you're the currently rubbish. wreathing. You're, I, <laughs> I don't know, but we know a professional, so we could ask for sure. Uh, but her stuff is amazing, so go check it you out. You could have a custom wreath made. Like, what would you have one made of? Uh, I mean, Exorcist Three comes to mind because that's pretty like high up there. My favorites. I honestly, it's probably not doable. Mine isn't doable because my the my obsession, my 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 favorite mainstream horror movie of all time, Cat People. I don't know what you would do. Oh, that's the, doable. Yeah, but it would be boring to just like do cats. <laughs> it would no. be. It would also be creepy, right? Come with something cool. No, I don't think there's a good way to do something so basic as cats, right? That's why Candyman is interesting because there's no other Candyman like thing. Where well, cats are be... just like cats. Like every third person owns a cat. I would do. I'm one. looking at a cat currently while I'm saying this. <laughs> I would. Well, that's true. I would have a wreath with a bunch of photos of Aretha Franklin. So it's a wreath. <laughs> A Franklin's or something like that. I don't know how the perfect works out, but I think it. I think it might be kind of cool. Nothing. Nothing says success like wreathing and puns. <laughs> Natural combination. Yes, just check it out. I saw. I saw the Candyman one. I, it was, it was pretty. Pretty. Yeah. Awesome. No, it is absolutely amazing. And check out Exorcist Three if you haven't seen it, and uh, check out our community so you can let us know what to watch next. Um, and I think that's it. I'm just. I'm lingering, I think, because I know that this is a, such a great moment for the series and that we're headed downward. What about the Brad Dourif thing? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I wanted to talk about Brad Dourif. We can do that for sure. Like that, I was w- I was ready for it. One of the things that I think about Brad Dourif, this is like, this like <laughs> a fake encore. <laughs> it <laughs> literally felt encore. like the episode was ending. Um, the, w- one of the things I thought was interesting is, I mean, w- one of the unique things that people talk about, but for some reason you don't see talk about as, it's just like, uh-huh, like that's weird. But, uh-huh. but I, this might be... W- the only major horror movie I can think of where uh, an actor simultaneously, two actors play the same character simultaneously. Cat people, I said it. Now cats and are now cats the just, Yeah, he's never bumped the microphone until we talk about cats. But it's weird. I don't remember cutting back and forth from a character be, being played by two actors in this manner, in a non-art house, kind of just like from a studio movie, right? So yeah. this movie has this weird thing happening, but it's so good, right? And both actors are great. I mean, we're raving about Brad Dourif, but both performances are amazing, right? So, uh, and I like that it's unsettling that it's that it's two different people and you don't see that very often. I was like, they should do that more. Like, where would that have worked in the past history of of movies where it just would have been better if Brad Dourif played half of the part that the, instead of the person playing the whole part, do you have any examples? Mommy dearest. Mom, oh God. How would that work? I just want to see him scream at some kids. Honestly, that's, <laughs> that's just, <laughs> you're just manipulating Brad Dourif. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> no, I was thinking more like a Godzilla situation, right? Where like half the time it's Godzilla stamping around a city, but half the time it just cuts to Brad Dourif, like swinging his arms at buildings. And, well, that's and, what I'm saying. Like mommy dearest, room. it would be Joan Crawford. 
all the nice parts, but when she has to get like really pissed off, you cut the, <laughs> for some reason just cuts to like a grown man. All the nice parts. That's three minutes of the movie. <laughs> the nice, the the nice preamble, and then the rest of it's dirty um, all the way. Down. I would, I would, Damn. I would, I would have uh, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Oh, God. but I would replace the birds. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, no. I would replace the birds with Brad Dourif's face, <laughs> and he's screaming at him. Oh, photos! That's creepy. That is creepy, and he's known for that. So that's okay. That's, I would do that. That's um, good. That's good. I will buy that one. I'm trying to imagine if there's a moment where it legitimately isn't just funny, but like where it works, right? Where you put where you put Brad Dourif in, and the movie just automatically gets better. Um, I couldn't think of an obvious example off the top of my head because. There's sometimes where it, it doesn't. It's it's fine. He's he makes everything basically everything better. I would imagine, but because when do you want less Brad Dourif in a movie, right? There's some weird ones. Well, no, these are all funny. Go ahead, tell, tell me the funny ones. <laughs> I put them in Mean Girls. <laughs> Just watch Brad Dourif bully Lindsay Lohan. You are manipulating Brad Dourif yeah, just, to get him to, to. You're targeting him. You're like swatting fictional yeah, characters. Okay, but if I had, Brad, but if I had to pick a, like, Brad a, if I had to pick a legitimate, like um, so imagine the classic The Wolfman, mm-hmm. but with Brad Dourif doing The Wolfman half the time. Right? Mm-hmm. Does that movie get better or worse? Well, in that case, it probably gets worse because then you're just shattering the the. the idea, I don't know. He'd probably be a good Wolfman. Idea of the. I mean, I'm sure he would be a good wolf man. If you if you had a creepy example, right? If half of seven was Brad Dourif playing Kevin Spacey's character, that movie doesn't get worse. It might it might be just as good. I think that would be right. A, I think that would be a little better. I don't know. You'd have to explain it a little differently, but um, I mean, he's that good. He's just that talented a guy. So yeah, but um, anyway, I want to. Uh, uh, I was just I was trying to think mm-hmm. if. You could place Brad Dourif uh, anywhere within the David Lynch universe. So oh, you could pick God. from anything. Like, where How would has he not worked with David Lynch? Where do you think Brad Dourif would enhance any of David Lynch's work? So there's a weird groundedness to Brad Dourif that doesn't work in a lot of Lynchian places, I think. You would think he'd be a natural for it, but I think he's. He's a little too everyman somehow. I think that's a testament to him because mm-hmm. he's he's unique. Like he's a unique actor, or, or at least that's how I think of him that way. So there's a lot of places you can't drop him where it just gets like out of hand. But it would have been really interesting to see him, believe it or not, play the Bill Pullman character in Lost Highway. Would have been really interesting mm. because Bill Pullman gave that character like a polish. And then a savagery underneath that was really interesting, but nothing else in that movie looked polished. It was basically a noir, so everything was grimy. So his performance was like shiny (laughs) somehow. I don't think that it's bad. I think maybe Brad Dourif wouldn't even do as good a job, but it'd be interesting to have him take a try at it because I think he would have made it weirder. I know the right answer to this. What's the right answer? American Psycho. Oh, shit. Right. See, now, how would that go? Because I, that movie has a lot of dual perspectives. It does. Right, but, like, Bale nailed that so hard. Like, I, 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 yeah, I, yeah. But it would be interesting to see. See, that's what I'm saying, is that... Yeah. But the concept is actually different than what we're doing right now, because the concept is 
the you know like one of the things the now we're back into the podcast episode encore the one of the like the thing one of the things that De Palma is known for is split screens it's a technique you don't see it very often and when you see it you're often watching a De Palma movie because there's very few practitioners of this Mm -hmm. right they use it in the grifters a lot which I think is Stephen Frears but um this is just a technique, right? The technique is and two actors are playing the same character. They do it in art house movies, you know, with some regularity, but you don't see it in just straightforward narrative horror movies the way that Exorcist 3 does it. So the idea is, does it get more interesting when two people are playing one person, right? So, like, would Split have been better if you were actually seeing a different face when he was a different personality and they had a two actor situation, you know, going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it, that's how I was thinking of it is, is does the dual part like, and you know, the only ones I could think of were ridiculous and funny because I just wanted to put Brad Dourif in there and watch him like wreak havoc on people, which is kind of what you were doing. So in that case, I think, I think we got something with the uh, mean girls. <laughs> I think, I think that's probably like the actual closest. I've never seen it. I'm but going I know with Godzilla. Lot, I I'm going with Godzilla. I, I think he would make an excellent uh, Godzilla. I think he's got, I think he's got it in him. No, meet the parents. <laughs> when Robert De Niro is interrogating him, it's Brad Dourif. <laughs> See now that would be fun. There that's what I'm talking about. That all right? Cool. Okay, that's where. Okay, that's where we will end. Fantastic, it. And, and then we will see you if, next week at fifty eight percent. At fifty eight percent, and if on you, some aggregator site, we'll figure it out. In the meantime, subscribe wherever the frick you listen to. I don't know where it is, <laughs> but, people but we appreciate that you are. <laughs> we so appreciate, do it. appreciate yep. you listening. And until next time, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. We'll see you at fifty eight. <laughs>